3: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, September 6th. This is episode number 214. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going?
0: Rod, going good. Uh, all pumped for week one for reals.
3: Oh, man, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a long road. Um, we've had a lot of fun talking about it and getting ready for it. And um, yeah, going to be uh, happening here really soon. What can you say? Um, yeah, life comes at you fast all of a sudden, and I think we're ready. Yeah,
1: so uh on.
3: yeah, so um to help us get ready for week one, we're gonna bring in our guest, and that's that's Mystic Zach Hirsch. And you can follow him on Instagram at iPickwins. And uh Zach has a whole bunch of stuff going on, and rather than me going through this whole list, I'm gonna let him do that. So so, Zach, thanks for joining us. How, how are things going?
2: Hey, things are going great. And uh, since we did our last interview, I think we left off. I said I didn't believe in Baker Mayfield as a franchise quarterback. I said I didn't believe in the Browns that year. And then he was gone, and you guys gave the $230 million to Deshaun Watson. And uh, we got to see what happens this year. But I, I liked my Baker Mayfield pick. And, uh, uh, yeah, I
0: hope you have a better better pick about our guy now. Yeah, it can't be worse.
3: (laughs) Can't be worse. (laughs) And then I really didn't like what you had to say about Baker, but
2: you, well, yeah, what can uh, I say? Disaster. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, since then, I've been doing my sports picks and uh, doing having a lot of fun to sports handicapping, but this year I'm evolving into more of an analyst role, kind of like you know, how we broke down the games on here. And uh, I have a new podcast, breaking down the bets in the games with the former NFL Pro corner, Pac-Man Jones, who a lot of you guys know for his time with the Bengals. Obviously, he played the Browns a lot. But uh, we just filmed our first episode Tuesday, uh, yesterday, and that's going to come out tomorrow morning with uh, betonline.ag. And we had a lot of fun breaking down the games, talking about it. And just to a sneak preview, I picked the Browns over the Bengals to his ire. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. And I'm really excited to do a show with uh, a guy with a lot of personality and Pac-Man Jones also had a great playing career and has really done well for himself outside of the sport with the Pat McAfee show and ESPN. He's going to be doing something on the Night football. So he's built a great brand for himself.
3: And you, you still have some, uh, you still have some podcasts going with, uh, with the, with the fighting, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. So as well, bet online, we film it the same day. Uh, I film a show with Sugar Rashad Evans, a former UFC light heavyweight champion, UFC Hall of Famer, and we we break down boxing and and mixed martial arts uh, across the board, as well as any other combat sport. And then, in addition to that, I have a podcast with uh, rapper Jadakiss, he's one of the best rappers of all time, but that's more of a sports and culture podcast, we do a World Star Hip Hop, and we've gotten uh, the privilege to do some shows with some football players from Tyreek Hill to Antonio Brown, to Brandon Marshall, to Pac-Man Jones. So uh, we, we break down some football in there as well, but more of like an intra-perspective lifestyle outside of the game, mental health, stuff like that. So
3: I got to know, Zach, do, do you come up with these names? Because, man, you're like a pro at this if you do, because the, the show you just you're just talking about is, is Kiss in the Mist, which yeah. is really cool. And then you got the uh, Pac and Zach. Um you know oh, you music, like the names <laughs> yeah you got these names are just uh very memorable you know
2: <laughs> thank
3: you um yeah it, it's really yeah. Cool and catchy
2: yeah i came up with uh running it back with pack and zach and uh kissing the mist <laughs> yeah i came up with uh that one as well the fight guys i did not come up with but uh yeah those two i definitely did and i actually have Another one in the mix, which I can't talk about yet, it's under NDA and stuff, that has maybe even a, a better name than those two. Wow.
3: Well, excellent. I'm um, very happy for you, all you got going on. And um, yeah, you've got, uh, you got quite the following on, on Instagram, two, two million followers. Um, what's, what's that like?
2: Uh, good. I'm actually like <laughs> terrible at social media. Um, kind of funny. I barely post, but people like when I do, um, everyone gets on me to like post more. I don't even like doing anything on my store. I just kind of do my thing and do whatever I want. And, uh, I try to keep it as authentic as possible. And something that I really like about Pack and Zach is that I'm I'm less, uh, I'm less of a host role and more of a a being myself role. I'm more Zach, the mystic Zach, which uh, is a lot of fun getting to showcase my personality now that I've been in the game for a while. And I think earned my stripes with the handicapping and hosting and things like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let's move on to some Browns. Um, let's just get your, let's just get some thoughts from you yeah, on the roster where the team is right now, before we move in and, you know, kind of talk about the division and things like that. I just kind of want to get your, your overview of what you think of the team.
2: Yeah, I think the Cleveland Browns have, One of the very most talented rosters in the NFL, if not number one. Um, I love what they've done with the offensive line and offensive line coach Bill Callahan. They have a top three offensive line. They have probably the league's best running back in Nick Chubb. They added Elijah Moore into the mix for the receiving core. Amari Cooper is one of the league's best. David Njoku, very talented tight end. And on the defensive side of the ball, they've got studs all over the field. Of course, Miles Garrett, who's one of the best players in the NFL period. Uh Jeremiah Ouse, carmea Jok, he's you know manning the middle and you got Denzel Ward and some other folks in the back end. And I think the the fate of this team really falls squarely on Deshaun Watson's shoulders whether he was the Deshaun Watson we saw for Cleveland last season or he's the Deshaun Watson of old with Houston or he's somewhere in between. I think that would that's going to be what ultimately decides their season because it can't all be on Nick Chubb.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, as Cleveland fans, I mean, I think most people are pretty excited about the change of the def- defensive coordinator and bringing Jim Schwartz on, you know, and the, the personnel certainly helps, but uh, we're looking forward to a different style, too, and, um, you know, just more of an attacking style, so um, we're we're hoping that's going to, you know, make a difference in just, um, you know, what we see out of the defense and hope that it. uh that we get to see guys like Miles and and Zedaria Smith, um, you know, kind of um, have a chance to take over games versus kind of more playing on their heels and waiting for things to happen.
2: Absolutely, and they definitely have the defensive talent. And it shouldn't be that there shouldn't be that much responsibility on the defense with the the way the offense has been set up. From the trenches to the skill positions, I love the way the rookie has looked as well, Cedric Tillman. I think he's going to be a longtime starter for the Browns in the future. I know Randy Moss said he's, you know, the best wide receiver prospect the last decade, I think he said. So definitely no shortage of talent across the board. Hey, Zach, can we
0: just go back to uh, Deshaun Watson real quick? Um, yeah. You know, last year we had an offense that was really built for Jacoby Brissett. And Deshaun came in, you know, with six games left in the season. And, and let's be honest, he kind of stunk up the place. Um, how good a read do you think anybody got on Deshaun Watson in those six games? Because we, we've really talked a lot about the same thing, that, you know, this, this season's really going to rest on how well he can perform. And,
2: and does
0: having an offense built around him this year, how, how far does that get him down that path?
2: Yeah, I think that would certainly help a lot. And I, I think a lot of it was was rust. You know, it was a long time since he had been on the football field. That's not swing season to come back to. We saw Michael Vick was a little bit slow to come back and then had the monster <laughs> season. And Deshaun <laughs> Watson isn't like a Baker Mayfield where we've never seen him read a defense or do things that NFL quarterbacks do. He's, he's shown everything, and he didn't even have much talent for Houston, and he still was putting up consistent elite numbers with them. He was very protective with the ball. He was making uh, a lot of really good progressions. And uh, obviously his mobility is something you need in the modern NFL. And with Nick Chubb drawing a lot of defenders into the box, he should have a lot of easy reads as well. He's got all the time in the world in the pocket. So uh, there's no excuses for Sean Watson, especially when you give him, what was it, $260 million fully guaranteed? Yeah. So I, I, I don't understand that move or what that thought process was for a guy who had been on the field that long and had 25 women accusing him of sexual assault. I, um, I don't know what Andrew Barry's thought process thinking was, I guess they didn't want to get outbid by other teams, but he, he definitely has to perform because I would him making that much money. I don't know how long this core can stay together. There's so much talent.
3: Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of talk about that. And, um, that that's probably a topic for another show, but um, the way the Browns are, have been able to restructure contracts and kind of kick the can down the road, it seems to be somewhat sustainable, at least okay, uh, at least over the next several seasons. So, well, um, if
2: that's the case, then I guess he's got a few chances. <laughs>
3: to that's, that's what uh, we're hoping. put it
2: together. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, that's what wow. we're hoping because yeah, when you have a core like this, you don't want I mean, you hate to think that you got one shot. You right. know, it um I mean, the Browns have had, you know, not a lot of great shots in the past well, However many years you want to throw out there. Yeah.
0: Um so this is this is not the 97 Marlins though. I mean, they're we're not going to, you know, clean house next year if this doesn't go the way we want no. it to i mean there, there's there's a window for sure and we're, we're definitely in win now mode
2: yeah you would have to be yeah <laughs> with the quarterback contract like that right
3: yeah definitely but um yeah i mean uh i know his money's guaranteed but he's actually i think uh, on a, a per season basis he's down to like the seventh highest paid quarterback already
2: yeah, that's how it goes, and the yeah. I don't know. I mean, he might get paid less than whatever Micah Parsons gets next year after this Nick Bosa contract. Yeah,
3: right. And it should be a contract that, as long as he plays well, that it keeps looking better and better. Um, that's what you would hope. You know, yeah, as long, as long as he plays like he's
2: and stays out of trouble.
3: Right. Oh, that too. That's too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the offense because uh, Zach, the offense has been um, kind of—we'll just say it's been under wraps. The Browns really haven't shown anything in the preseason, and we know that it's not going to be the same as last year. So, just kind of want to get your thoughts on what you think it what you think it's going to be. It's obviously going to be tailored to to uh, Deshaun Watson's strengths.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think the best strategy is to smash people in the face with Nick Chubb. Um, that would be my go-to. And I know they've been working Elijah Moore in with Jet Sweeps and doing some creative stuff with him as well. I think he's a weapon you can definitely take advantage of. Obviously, a high draft pick out of Ole Miss, had all the talent in the world, but never had the the proper scheme or quarterback play to help him in New York. So I think that could be a, a tremendous acquisition as well. And I would think, especially with uh, Kareem Hunt going away, they didn't quite – fill up the, the backup running back with a marquee role, that Nick Chubb is going to have a very big-time bell cow role. I, I really liked Amari Cooper's chemistry with John Watson. I thought it was getting stronger as season progressed. Now they've had a full offseason together. And Amari Cooper's one of the, the best. And he's still pretty young receivers in the NFL. I was puzzled when the Cowboys gave him up for a fifth-round pick. I thought that was a, a great get for the Browns. And I, I like that they extended yeah. uh, David Njoku as well. I thought that was really smart. He's super talented. He just got to stay healthy. So I think a lot of it in the NFL period is is health. You know, that if is. you can stay.
1: Yeah.
3: I'm sorry. So the win
2: now mode. I think a lot of it is people don't realize how much of it is health. It's like at least fifty percent for sure.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, kind of uh, the uh, the cliche of the battle of attrition, you know, throughout the season. So. So yeah, so um, I, I guess we could take a look at this division. Um, you know, it, it's it, we hear thoughts from a lot of fans of other teams within the division, and it's a very interesting division because the Bengals you know have have won won the division twice in a row and gone pretty deep into the playoffs and and the Ravens have always been there in the past several years uh, finishing first or second. Uh, Steelers always seem to find a way to, to have a decent season. And then you have the Browns who, like you said, have a tremendous roster this year. So um, every team's fans seem to think their team's going to do good. Um, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and obviously, um, you know, we, we, had, a, we had somebody um, who's a Steelers fan on, and they picked all four teams to win 10 games, and that's just – like Jeff said, At that least. doesn't seem mathematically possible. So <laughs> it would be tough. Yeah, it would but be tough. Yeah.
2: This division is stacked to the brim. I think it's the best division in football going into the season. I actually, the Baltimore Ravens are my Super Bowl pick. So wow. that's how high I think of them. I think the Bengals are a consistent engine that we know of, especially with quarterback Joe Burrow and when what they built around him. They're uh, almost guaranteed to have a good season if they're healthy. The Browns, you spoke about their talent. And the Steelers, I thought Kenny Pickett looked much more poised. I like what they've done on the defense side of the ball as well. T.J. Watt is back healthy. And I think with the weapons they've, they've built around him, a lot of them are going to progress the same time as him. I think they're definitely on the upswing. And Coach Mike Tomlin has been probably the most consistent coach in the NFL since uh, since he became the Steelers head coach. So they're always better than people expect.
3: Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, so Jeff, other questions about the division, or other thoughts you want to throw in?
0: Yeah, I, I just that that idea that you know we could we could win ten games and finish fourth in the
2: division. Uh, how likely is that, Zach? Uh, God, it's. I, I think I, the Browns should 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 be better than the Steelers if they're healthy. I think if they weren't, that would be. They don't have the same talent as the Steelers. They don't, you know, across the board. And if the Steelers did have a better record, that would, I think, come from coaching, um, largely. So I think the Browns, if if you can't, not, you know, if you want a playoff spot, you should probably try to get top three in the division. The AFC in general is, I think, much stronger than the NFC this season. Uh, I mean, especially you have the, the AFC... East as well, with the New York Jets adding Aaron Rodgers, who looks rejuvenated. The Buffalo Bills who have been consistent contenders. The Miami Dolphins added Jalen Ramsey and some other big time names. Uh, across the board, Sean Payton needs added into the mix for the Broncos. The Chargers change up some stuff. They seem to, people always loop them into the conversation. Uh, down south, the Jaguars add Calvin Ridley. Trevor Lawrence probably going to take a big step up. So the AFC across the board is a as strong as I can remember it being, so doesn't it's going to be a dog harder, fight.
0: Doesn't that make it harder to win a lot of games, Zach? I mean, it I, I did a little bit of math a
2: few weeks ago, and we
0: we talked about you know how many division games we play against good division opponents, and and for for all of us to have you know a ten plus win season it means we have to go seven thirty or something like that against the rest of the league, right? Yeah, and, that's, I don't think that's possible.
2: That's almost impossible. Yeah, that would not <laughs> right. be very. But so, injuries, you know, if. Well, yeah. If yeah. One, takes one quarterback to go down and then the whole thing looks, you know, uh, that's usually what happens. And I I think the the Ravens, what they've done in the offseason, finally giving Lamar the proper weapons, getting a new offensive coordinator and uh, Todd Munkin, who, who's a lot, I think, more reliable in the passing game. I think they, they've done a tremendous job. And I think they're now a team that is built for playoff success. Now that they're equally dangerous in both the pass and run game offensively, their biggest question mark would be the secondary. But they seem to always have a great defense forever now. So I mm-hmm. think uh, they're, they're going to be very – I pick them to win the Super Bowl. But Lamar Jackson's health is always in play. He runs with the ball all the time. He's not doesn't love the slide. So.
0: Right. Yeah, he's got to stay upright. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and that's pretty much true with, with all the teams, maybe except the Steelers. I, I don't know. It depends what you think, County Pickett. But really, all three teams, you know, the other teams in the division are all dependent on their, their QB and the health. And, well, that's probably true of almost every team in the league. Right. right. So There's
2: a couple that can get away with it, like the 49ers. and. hmm the Eagles are so stacked across Eagles. the board, you know. Mostly,
3: mostly NFC teams because of, like you said, the AFC is stronger. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Did did, uh, did you see Brock Purdy doing what he did last year, Zach? I mean, did, was that on your radar?
2: No, absolutely not, Mister Irrelevant, <laughs> coming in, beating out the number three pick, beating right. out Jimmy G. You know that was incredible, but I think he was really built for that scheme. And I never understood why they took Lance at pick number three uh, in an under center offense that requires you to make quick reads. That, that, that was never his strong suits. Right. At North Dakota State, he was a guy with a massive arm, a lot of legs. I guess Shanahan said he was going to redo the playbook for him. But I would have—they could have stayed put and taken a Mac Jones, who probably would have been like an upgraded Brock Purdy by now. Um, yeah. I never mm-hmm. quite understood that take. And the the 49ers scheme is quick hit if you are that type of quarterback, you know, that can make decisions quickly, then, uh, it's a great offense for you because they, they obviously have the best run scheme in the league. They've got Debo Samuel, Brandon, I, George Kittle to throw to. So, and the league's best defense to help keep you <laughs> off the field. So yeah. it's definitely an advantageous position for any quarterback.
0: So, so to win a lot of games in the league, you need to have talent, right? You need to have a scheme or a system that fits that talent. um, You need to have a little bit of luck.
2: Yeah, you do need that for sure. Injuries. (laughs) A lot of it. Right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, And and you need
2: to have a favorable schedule, right? Yeah. What I value in building a team and what I think separates the good teams from the great teams is being elite in specific position groups. And it's not being good across the board, but it's having that monstrous defensive line. It's having a great wall. On the offensive line, it's having two elite receivers. I think the the teams that tend to do the best, besides the Chiefs, who have Patrick Mahomes, and unless you have a Patrick Mahomes level quarterback, your quarterback's not going to be able to bridge that gap. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the reason I why see. I didn't love what the Browns did is Jacoby Brissett. I know the offense was more tailored to him, but I thought it looked better than Deshaun Watson. And if you can build so much around him. He's probably every bit as talented as Brock Purdy. You know, we saw what the 49ers did. That would be, I think, where the meta is going to be rather than paying a quarterback who's not able to elevate talent 40 plus million a year. Hmm. You know, and I think maybe that's what the Cowboys are looking at saying, hey, if Lance is something, maybe we can get off Dak and have Lance on a rookie contract. We have so much talent across the board. Maybe we can do something similar to, to what the 49ers were able to do or we saw the Eagles when Carson Wentz went down and Nick Full stepped in. I think people are realizing how important the trenches are and coaching and things like that. Cause the offensive line is almost as important as the quarterback.
0: Yeah. We tried yeah. cost control
2: at quarterback for about the last 22 years. Zach it didn't work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you start by not taking 28 year old Brandon Whedon, right. <laughs> Uh drug addict, Johnny Manziel and chubby midget Baker Mayfield. So I think <laughs> if you take the right guys, you know, it's a little bit easier. I think a lot of that was scouting. Yeah, could be.
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: <laughs> so, Zach, let's get some of your thoughts on this, on the game coming up uh, this weekend. Browns and the Bengals. Um, you kind of, you kind of said who, who you had picked already, but let's just get some of your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, I, I like the Browns
2: minutes. at a plus two and a half. I think they're, uh, I think they're strong. There's so much talent. It's tough to go against them, um, but a lot of it is going to is gonna is gonna bank on, you know, Deshaun Watson's shoulders and what the new coaching staff has done. The Cincinnati Bengals last year didn't start strong, if you remember, early on. They started out slow. They lost, like, a Cooper Rush led uh, Dallas Cowboys at home. Uh, he's coming off of a calf strain. So I think if the Bengals were ever susceptible, this would be the time. So uh, where the, the the iron strikes hot, and where the Browns would have to, you know, jump down their throat early and really take advantage. Especially if Joe, if Joe Burrow's mobility is hampered, having Miles Garrett, having Zadarius Smith, some of those guys, and letting them pin their ears back and go after him could could spell trouble.
0: That was going to be my next question. What are a couple of things the Browns need to do to win, and obviously put pressure on Burrow? We saw that last year in the Halloween game that Rod and I attended. You know, we were able to get in his face
2: most of the game. Um, what else do you think the game is riding on, Zach? Yeah, and he, and he's coming off of a cap string. You know, and I think yeah. the, the Bengals are also banged up in their secondary. They've lost some guys. They've got some real young guys starting. Their best corner, Chidobe Wuze is coming off a torn ACL. I know he's there, but I don't know how intact it is. So I think uh, getting Amari Cooper going is going to be very important as well. He, mm. he seems to be a momentum-based player. You have yeah. to get him involved early in order for him to have an impact later in the game and his impact can, can spell huge. He, he was able to link up with Deshaun Watson for some huge touchdowns. I'm sure they've been working hard together in the offseason. So I would, I would get Amari Cooper going, uh, early and often. Yeah, I like it.
3: Well, Hey Zach, we appreciate you joining us uh, tonight. Everybody can check out your stuff on Instagram at I pick wins. And, um, I, I guess is the best place to find your other stuff at, uh, at uh, Bet Online?
2: Yeah, I'm doing a lot of stuff with Bet Online. and They sponsor um, all three of my podcasts, so that would be the best place at Bet Online. But all my content's on my Instagram at Wins.
3: Okay, any last words for Browns fans for this season?
2: Uh, hang tight. <laughs> <laughs> Cross your fingers. I, th- I think we're going to be able to tell a lot uh, based on how-, how Deshaun Watson looks early on. I do. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think that's what we're all waiting for. All right, Zach. Hey, thanks a lot and take care. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll see ya. So Jeff, let's get some, uh, some reaction, any reaction to anything Zach had to say. Um, I was going to ask him about the over under we didn't get there, but, uh, but that's okay. You and I will talk about that.
0: Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting that, and and you know, you you've alluded to this recently, Rod. That, and I'm going to lump Zach in with sort of the national media, right? That that from an arm's length, the perception of where we are as an organization. Um, and I guess what kind of jumped out at me was, you know, pound Nick Chubb. Um, I mean, I, I want to see us pound Nick Chubb, but I want to see us do it when we're up by two touchdowns. And, and I, I just, I haven't, I haven't heard that from the media yet. I've, I've, I've heard most of the national guys talk about us, you know, establishing the run early and, and I haven't, I haven't seen it in the preseason and I don't see that being our strategy.
3: Yeah. I I don't expect that either. I mean, I, you expect them to mix the run in, you know, um, just because you can't just go out and pass, 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 pass all the time. Um, But but yeah, as far as establishing the run, I mean, you have Nick Chubb. Do you really need to establish anything? No. (laughs) Um, You know, when you need to run, you hand the ball to Nick Chubb and he runs. Right. Um, I mean, from an offensive
0: lineman's perspective, you know, you want to get them in the habit of blocking downhill and, all that I, yeah. I, I get that, you know but my hope for this organization is that you know we see an offense that's not afraid to take chunks you know that that yeah doesn't need eight or nine or ten play drives to score. you know I, I want to be able to score in three or four drives or three or four plays in a drive and you know at least sometimes right and that and the way yeah. you do that is by effectively getting the ball down the field. You know, I mean, once in a while, Nick Chubb's is going to break one, right? But for the most right. part, I, I like the idea of, our, you know, get, get get Amari Cooper going. That opens it up for the other wide outs. Um, and, you know, then you pound Nick Chubb in the third and fourth quarter. That's my dream.
3: Yeah, yeah. And and when you have, when you have your wide receivers out there getting open and, and spreading the field, that's, that's going to create bigger plays for your running back, too. I think sure. we all know that, so
1: yeah, uh, yeah. it's going
3: to make it a little easier on the offensive line, easier on Nick Chubb. So, yeah. so to to go out there thinking that you know, you know, the, in the first quarter we have to run the ball ten times, you know, yeah, um, I don't, that's, that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if the Zach was saying that, you know, but no, I um, don't
3: think he was either.
0: Just sort of like I said in general, that's kind of the been the perception, you know, that yeah. I've seen. Right? Yeah, I agree.
3: I agree. So. Definitely. Um, yeah I mean uh, Zach definitely has has to me he has a very good handle on the Browns uh, compared you know for somebody who covers the NFL and right. not the Browns you know so compared many teams, to yeah. yeah compared to most people who you would um you know hear talk about the Browns who clearly just cover the NFL and have been asked what do they think about the Browns um, right and don't really even know you know yeah who the, who half the starters are for the Browns
0: <laughs> There's some lazy writing out there.
3: Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's pretty bad. So, right. So, yeah. So, um, let's go back to, to a little bit of news kind of, kind of new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. did you see the, uh, the depth charts, uh, um, yeah. which came out, I guess a couple of days ago. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I was trying to think who else I thought was a surprise. I mean, um, Jordan Elliott was a little bit of a surprise, don't you think?
0: Yeah.
3: He's shown as a starter. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of a difference that makes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like he's going to play a lot more.
0: No, that's the (laughs) thing. Whether you play the first series or or not, you know, these guys are going to play, you know, X number of snaps in the game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, was there anybody else on that depth chart that that you were surprised by? I'm trying to think as I looked at the, uh, starters and I don't think anybody else really surprised me there, but yeah, I was trying to, to figure what else surprised me. So maybe it was with one of the backups or something, you know, maybe it was the order on the depth chart with somebody, but, um, I don't think any of it makes a whole lot of a difference heading into the first week.
0: No, I, I don't. Um, I mean, I, I, I as I look down the you know the, the starters and and the the depth guys the number twos, um, I really like the balance of this roster. I like the the versatility.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I like the fact that we have a one A and a one B at at the skill positions. Um,
1: yeah.
0: You know that that we that we have a pretty good feeling about right. Um, yeah. I mean, we don't have a lot of experience beyond Nick Chubb. Um, but I feel good about what those guys can contribute. Um, you know, tight end, we've got one A, one B. I think you know in the in the red zone, um, mm-hmm. and on no, defense as well. You know, I mean, you know, the luxury of having Juan Thornhill, who I think is going to be probably one of our marquee defensive players this year, um, backed up yeah. by a solid vet in Rodney McLeod. Um, is, is a luxury we haven't had here. You know, we, we haven't had one of those guys much less two that, that can play that, the, that position effectively. Um, so yeah, I think I really like the, the back, you know, if, if the linebacker position, I think it's another example where, you know, we got JLK is, is going to be, um, the well and, and Tony fields, I think is a very similar player backing him up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, you, Anthony Walker's the starter at Mike, and and you know you have Diabate, who is, I think, a really high ceiling guy. Um, Definitely. You know, as his as his understudy, but but you know, physically and 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 talent wise, he could. I'm sure he's he's a, a really good fit for that role. Uh, and then you got Taki Taki being backed up by Matthew Adams again, very very similar type players, you know, hard hitters, right? Um, so just from, like you said, from top to bottom of the roster, I think we've got a real nice fit at, at all these different positions so that coaches don't have to, you know, make changes on the fly. If a guy gets hurt, they can just plug and play the next guy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't have to change your scheme. You don't have to move a guy from, from, uh, you know, safety to corner or anything like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, We've got
0: a lot of talent in the secondary. Um, I mean, we're we're a little bagged up at, at the corner, like we talked about last week. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I feel really good about our depth.
3: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, that's probably the next thing. Denzel Ward practiced today. Um, last I saw, he was still in the concussion protocol. I don't know if they.
0: I think he practiced very carefully.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully nobody <laughs> got near him. I'm hope, hoping yeah. that had him, you know, wearing like just a, a bright red, you know, uniform and a, right. a, a helmet, the size of a pumpkin.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, um, yeah, yeah I, I'm assuming that he's, that he's trending toward being able to play or they wouldn't have him
0: out there practicing now. So, right. Um, um yeah, I know with concussions, um, particularly somebody who's had multiples, um, you know they're all different um uh, but you you really have to see how a player um reacts when you put him back in a, in a game situation and mm-hmm. and you know can he muster through it um or is he going to have another setback you know yeah. um so you, you kind of ease him in right so even if denzel is a go on sunday um I'd be surprised if he has a very high snap count. I think you just get him out there, you get him a little bit of playing time and you ease him back in because there's plenty of talent behind him. And while he has the ability to take over the game at times and, and, you know, be a very impactful player, I think it's unrealistic to expect that of him coming out of concussion protocol.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's fair, definitely fair. Um, I just, I think people have seen, myself included, what he's done against the Bengals, and you think of their receiving core, and you think, man, we we really really need him yeah. out there. But but this is the kind of game where you know where where other guys are going to have to step up anyway.
0: Yeah, um, we we have to be thinking long term here. You know, we we yes, we want to win this game, but we also want Denzel around for the next sixteen. Yeah.
3: And, and that's, I mean, that's an issue. I mean, you, I don't know about you, you really start to worry about a guy when he's had this many concussions. Um, well, and, sure. Uh, and I think this is, what is this number four? Something Yeah. But like that. I mean,
0: it, again, it's, 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 everyone is different, right? And, and the, the severity matters, you know? So, okay. Um, you know, that's this, fair. this was from a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. He got banged up and he started to have some symptoms. Now, we don't know what those symptoms were and how Mm -hmm. severe they were. Okay. So, because when you say concussion, they all kind of get lumped together. You know, um, I think for him to be back out there in a couple of weeks indicates to me that it was fairly minor. Um, not a doctor, but just based on my experience with people who've had concussions, um, it generally takes a lot longer than that. If it's a severe concussion, or even a mm-hmm. mild, moderate concussion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so something mild that, you know, just gave him some symptoms, I'm not as concerned about as, you know, if he's had two or three really serious concussions, you know. I mean, they all add up, right? But yeah, um, I, th- I think, again, it's, it's a matter of just easing him back in without, you know, putting him at further risk.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking of his welfares, uh, you know, along yeah. with yeah. the long term, you know, long term uh, goals of, of the team, you know. Right. But you make it you make a great point. Um, you know, I I have no idea how severe these various concussions have been.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, Denzel's so. twenty six. You know, I mean, is is he is he gonna if you know if he gets a couple more concussions is he going to be out of the league in a year or two? Um, yeah, you certainly have to be concerned about that, right? Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And, and yeah, um, that's I think that's part of, you know, exercising a lot of care with how you deploy him uh, in these first few games.
3: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I, I saw an in, I'm going back to articles again, which I don't necessarily think are, A very good resource, but um, I I just happened to see one that talked about, uh, you know, a a breakout star for the Browns this season, and um, they were talking about Jerome Ford. And, um, you know, a couple things. First of all, I I don't think and I really don't hope that he is going to get all that much playing time.
1: Yeah.
3: But I do like what he can do, and I like that he's going to get – more of an opportunity this season. So right. I kind of agree with it in one sense, you know, his ability, mm-hmm. but I disagree in the fact that he's going to have an opportunity to do enough to be considered a breakout star.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to be doing, doing kick returning for us. So, um, you know, with the with the new rules, I don't think there's a whole lot of opportunity. But maybe he'll – break a couple of them and that that'll be what what makes him break out but yeah i think as far as you know him um floating the rock from scrimmage there's not probably not a lot of opportunity for him to do that
1: well it,
3: it'll be interesting because yeah i agree he's not going to take a lot of carries away from nick chubb no, he, no. he's not um uh, right. but he, he can catch the ball too um if,
0: so if that that you know, Jerome Ford was going to be, you know, the yin to, to Nick Chubb's yang, and that, you know, we're going to see the same kind of two back rotation that we saw last year. I don't think they would have gone out and gotten Pierre Strong.
3: Well, I mean, that could be, but I think um... they were looking
0: for somebody different. And, and I, I've said it since, you know, before the draft that, that we were when we took Jerome Ford that he's, I think he's very much in the same mold as Nick Chubb, obviously not at Nick's level, but in terms of how he runs and, you know, what he's capable of, um, he doesn't give you that change of pace that, that Kareem Hunt did, uh, or that I think Pierre Strong eventually can.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, I will, I'll agree with you there. I think he, I think he runs in a similar way, you know, to, to Nick. Um, I, I think he's I think he's gonna prove himself to be um you know, again, I'm not taking anything away from Nick. I think he's gonna prove himself to be more of a receiving threat, because I think Jerome Ford can do more in the receiving mm-hmm. game, you know, than other than just catch balls out of the out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he can do more there. And and uh Pierre Strong, yeah, definitely. Pierre Strong's got more speed than either one of these guys, and he's definitely got more moves. So, um, so yeah, I, I think there will be a spot for for Ford and Strong to to get right. a few touches here and there.
0: I mean, uh, going back to what I was saying earlier about the offense. I mean, if we if we're able to get up a couple touchdowns on teams, and you know the third and fourth quarter we're just pounding the ball, and, and Nick Nick Chubb's got twenty carries, then you know maybe we let Jerome Ford run the ball through the whole fourth quarter. And that's how he, you know, that's how he gets a lot of touches. And that would, that would be great with me.
3: Yeah. Well, I I think he and strong are both going to get some, but yeah, I'm not going to go crazy and predict a lot of
0: carries, but, but yeah, I I think it'd be right. We don't expect a lot of blowouts. No, no, no. no. (laughs) One or two a season. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I would agree. So, so Jeff, did you see the new, um, the new numbers that some of the guys took.
0: Yeah, guys going with lower numbers and stuff.
3: Yeah, a lot of guys. Uh, um, I good like ones. Cedric took...
0: Tillman taking nineteen.
3: Yeah, I mean that that kind of always rubs a few people wrong each season. It seems like <laughs> when somebody wears Bernie's number, but you know what? Right. It's out there. It's available, and you know. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't see anything as far as um, a reason why he took it, but you know, if he's taking it. Because he understands it, um, you know, or, or just uh, because he knows the significance, whatever, then then that's cool. Um,
0: I, you know, if, if he does half of what we think he can do, you know, it just adds to the mystique of the number.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
0: You know, rather than, you know, some guy who's probably going to get cut next week taking it, I'd rather have, you know, a guy who we, we think is going to be around for a while.
3: Was well, it, um, did uh, Corey Coleman wear 19? Corey right. Coleman. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we're going to, yeah, we're going to take the negativity away from that number and put it on yeah. a good player. Yeah. So I do like that.
0: That would be great.
3: Um, uh, Pierre Strong 20. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, a few other guys. Hopkins, Goodwin's, jo- uh, Goodwin, Jones. Um, Dewan Jones weren't 79. Yeah. So, yeah. Um nothing outstanding. I mean uh uh is numbers the most interesting, but uh but yeah. So um looking at the uh Browns odds of winning the North, they are they're plus three seventy five to win the North. So a, so a hundred dollar bet would get would win you three hundred and seventy five dollars on the Browns to win the north. That seems kind of low, doesn't it? I mean that seems huh. kind of kind of almost respectful,
0: yeah, I mean, it just speaks to how close our division is,
1: yeah,
0: well like Zach was saying how how talented and the expectations are high for everybody,
3: yeah, yeah, and to uh, I'm not gonna I won't say it, but to to win the the title game is plus thirty five hundred so if you want to <laughs> Slap down a hundred bucks, you went thirty five hundred if the Browns won at all, right? So, so yeah, wow. there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think we'll, I think we'll let that ferment a little while. We'll let
3: that go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, uh, so let let's get some some of your thoughts on on the game coming up, Jeff. I go. mean we've yeah. we've kind of been leading up to this for a few weeks, so we've gotten some thoughts out, but right. How you how you feeling, and what are you expecting?
0: Well, I I think Zach was spot on in saying that this is a good time to catch the Bengals with Joe Burrow coming off, and you know the ankle injury. Um, I hope we put a lot of pressure on him. Um, I hope this defensive line takes everything to another level this season, and and in this game in particular, really just. They just you know open up the floodgates and put as much pressure as possible on burrow because we've we 've seen what that can do and and if if that happens and if we can consistently get in his face, um, I feel really good about our chances in this game. I think there's mm-hmm. probably going to be some offensive rust on both sides early on, yeah um, but i've been so encouraged by how. Our defense has played when the number ones were out there, um, and even some of the the number twos. Um, that, you know, when Miles is in that equation, and, all, and eventually Denzel Ward is in that equation, and, you know, it, we can actually dictate to offenses what we're going to let them do at that point. And that's going to be fun to watch. It's, Kind of like what we did, you know, last Halloween with with the Bengals, and that that was a fun game to watch.
3: Yeah, yeah, I it, that's one of the most fun games I've ever watched, and and that's just being a Browns fan. I mean, it didn't matter if they were playing the Bengals or somebody else. I mean, it, it's right. it's more fun against a division opponent. Yep, you know, but um, it it didn't matter who who they were playing that day. Just seeing them dominate and any phase of the game, you know, we yeah. don't get to see that that often.
0: Yeah. Um, other so, than the, uh, other than the ill-advised Amari Cooper pass attempt, um, <laughs> it, was, it was, it was,
3: a pretty, pretty well executed game, which I'm, I'm pretty sure has been permanently stricken from the playbook. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with both you guys. Um, I, I just I want to see a defensive line just bearing down on Joe Burrow throughout the game because we know that's how that we know that's how you beat him.
1: Yeah.
3: Um. You know, and and hopefully I mean not hopefully I mean I'm not hoping for an injury. You know I mean, I don't care if he's healthy or not. Um. You know if he has a little less mobility it's going to make it harder on him. You know if he's right. not 100 percent. Um. You know he's he's deciding to play, so um.
0: Yeah. You have to assume that he's good to go. You know, that he's a hundred
3: percent. He says he's, he's gonna, good to go. Um,
0: he's going to do what he normally does. So, you know, let's, yeah. let's
3: go get him. That's right. Let's go, let's go get him and, um, make him wish that he had, had set this one out, you know, <laughs> Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
3: by the time it's over. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I think, I mean, this defensive line definitely has the capability of doing that. And Bengals have made some changes on their offensive line. Um, you wonder if they're, you know, if something like that, if it's, if it will have come together by the first game or not. You know, they have a new left tackle, Orlando Brown, and they move their left tackle over to right. Uh, I think they, I think they signed one other offensive lineman too. So, the, so they tried to fix our offensive line. Um, I'm sure it's going to be better than it than it was. I think they had some pretty Awful guys on their offensive line the last couple of years.
1: Yeah.
3: So, um, so that's it's going to be better, but where I can't imagine they've improved nearly as much as the Browns' defensive line has improved. No. So I don't so, think
1: so.
3: Yeah. So, so that's going to be fun to watch. Um, hopefully, all that pressure can stop. You know, any somewhat of a running game from from the Bengals too, which is kind of what happened. In that Halloween game that you're talking about, so mm-hmm. the Browns were just in the backfield so often that the Bengals couldn't do anything. Yep. And I think that's what Jim Schwartz is going to want.
0: Well, so. yeah. Let's let's see Jim Schwartz. You know, he's he's been teasing us all through the preseason. Let's let's see what he's really all about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You so know, bring, um,
0: bring pressure from different places and and make make Burrow miserable.
3: Yeah, so so I had a discussion with a friend today. If you were to guess on on sacks, um, the the number doesn't really matter. But would you expect anybody or any, anyone in particular to have multiple sacks in this game, or would you think it's more likely that that there are a number of sacks and there are a lot of different guys with sacks? Like,
0: you know, whether it's three, four, five different guys with sacks this is probably one of those games where miles is looking to get a couple. Um, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he, he does that, you know, about five or six times a year, you know, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. get a couple of sacks. Um, I think otherwise it, I really do hope it, it comes from different places with the wide nine. Um, you know, any one of those guys could potentially get a sack, uh, including linebackers and, and safeties and, you know, corners on, on blitzes. Uh, so I, I would, I would hope that we'd have, you know, four or five sacks in this game and they'd it, all come from different places. But mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see what Miles can do in this arrangement. Um, you know, where he's not getting double and triple teamed and, and held all the time and can really just go out there and, and be who he is. Um Well,
3: I, I can't promise you that they're that they're gonna start calling holding. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah, we, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't expect that just yet.
0: It's just going to be harder to get away with, you know, because it's going to come from other places. Right. And, and yeah. I mean, without him sitting back, you know, reading he's, he's, he's just going to be able to, you know, pin his ears back at times. And, um, mm. that, that's, that's just not fair for whoever's trying to block it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
3: who do you expect to have the biggest game on uh, on offense versus uh, receivers? Let's go. Let's go that route first.
0: Well, I, I think it's going to be Elijah Moore. I think you know we've been tooling this offense up to use him in a lot of different ways. Um, so I, I would expect that, that he'll be the guy that has the most total yards. You know, some of it will come from the backfield or or creative plays, um, and some of it will be just on quick hitting stuff from Deshaun Watson. But yeah, I'm kind of kind of looking forward to seeing what kind of game he can put together.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll kind of be surprised if he doesn't lead the team in targets. But you know, if he doesn't, it'll probably be Amari Cooper, um, which is what you you would expect otherwise. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, so. So based on what we don't know about the new offense, how many carries and yards are you expecting out of Nick Chubb in this game?
0: Well, I, I think it's twenty carries, right? That's that's sort of where we like to see him settle in week in and week out, right? Um Yeah. I mean plus or minus. Uh, and and again, if, if if we're out in the front and you know, in the third quarter he he's getting a lot of uh a lot of Uh, touches he's probably going to rush for 100 yards and and then they're going to sit him down and they're going to bring in Jerome Ford um, depending on how the game goes Um, but yeah I'd be surprised if Nick Chubb isn't out there you know getting close to 100 yards combined you know um, rushing and receiving pretty much every game
1: yeah
3: I would too I would too so One last thing, then. Um, How do you expect Deshaun Watson to look in this game?
0: Well, you know, I I think in the small sample size in the preseason, he looked better. He looked more comfortable. Listening to him talk, it sounds like he's more comfortable in this offense. Um, You know, he and Stefanski are on the same page. He's had some time to develop some chemistry with some of the offensive weapons. So I expect him to look a lot better than last year. I I think it's still going to be a process throughout the first four to six weeks of this offense gelling. Um, so probably what you end up with is, you know, maybe him scrambling a little bit more and, and, you know, rushing, you know, some, some designed carries for him. Mm -hmm. Um, keep the defense off balance a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'd expect him to probably get 50, 60 yards carrying the ball in this game. Yeah. Um, and maybe a little bit less to the wide receivers in the first few weeks. Um, but I think over time that, you know, you want him doing less of that. So, yeah. You know, scale yeah. of one to 10, if, if he plays, you know, a six or a seven this week, to me that's a win. That that would be great. We're we're probably going to win the game.
3: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, I I would expect something on the order of um you know between 200 and you know maybe upper end 250 passing. Um probably not. Probably closer to 200 passing. Um I think with the Bengals secondary and the young guys, I think he's going to throw a couple of touchdown passes. Um, he might have a pick
1: mm-hmm.
3: and, you know, and, and I was thinking the same area he's probably going to run for about 50 yards in this game. And I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So I'm, I'm giving part of my score prediction away, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, um, so uh, so Zach had the Browns. Uh, he just had the Browns plus the two and a half, so he's got the Browns. We'll just say he's picking the Browns to win out, right? Um, yeah. So uh, so let's do our first score predictions of the season. All right. We're, we're wiping the last season scores completely off the board, starting fresh. <laughs> See how we do here.
0: We're going to do better <laughs> this year.
3: <laughs> We're gonna do better this year so um so yeah jeff uh score prediction um browns browns uh are an underdog two and a half points um the over under is 47 and a half in this game
0: yep
3: so so let's get your get your score and then i guess anything else you want to predict that we haven't yeah, I, I guess we pretty much predicted everything else already
0: i, I think this is going to be a fairly close game rod i mean um as far as, yeah, both offenses being a little bit rusty, I, I don't think it's going to be one of those barn burners where a lot of points get scored. Um, so I'm just going to su- surprise nobody, but I'm going to go with the under in this game, um, and I'm going to say that the Browns are going to win this one outright, 23-20. to 20.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, I, I'm not far from that. I, I have the Browns winning uh, twenty-four to thirteen. I'm just giving Jim Schwartz's uh, defense a little bit more credit. Um, you know, I just I just think the I think I, I just think the defense is going to be out there, you know, firing pretty well together right off the bat. Uh, that's just kind of what I'm banking on, and, and yep. uh, you know, I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be after Joe Burrow all day. Um, you know, he'll, he'll get, uh, he'll get his yards. Um, you know, he'll get a touchdown pass. Um, yeah. but other than that, I, I think they're, I think the Browns defenses, I think they're going to be ready for this game.
0: I, I'm thinking that, you know, maybe that last Bengal touchdown is going to come late in the game just on, you know, something stupid. Um, you yeah. know, that hopefully it's not, you know. A nail-biter, and, and, you know, we're, we're kicking a field goal with, you know, three seconds left to win it by three. <laughs> um, but, but at least we feel like we have a kicker that can do that. So, um, if so, as, you know, you, can, yeah, you can as go, as get, you go get 45. a sandwich.
3: You can go get a sandwich while they're kicking it this time.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's inside 45 yards. Yeah,
3: that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think we're pretty much on the same page. Um, yeah, so – Let's hope. Let's hope the Browns are are up to the task and that they're as ready as they, you know, as we think they are, as they seem to be. But I mean, it, it's the first game of the season. Um, you know, both teams are in the same spot. Uh, you know, uh, starters really haven't played a ton, probably for either team. So, so mm-hmm. we just gotta gotta see who's ready and who's out there, and hopefully it's our hopefully it's our Browns
0: comes so. down to the play of the individual quarterbacks for both teams really. Yeah, I would say so.
3: I would say so. So, Jeff, um let's uh let's get get your uh closing thoughts and we'll get on out of here.
0: Okay, well, this has nothing to do with the Browns, but just a pet peeve I need to put out there. I heard something on uh, one of the networks today. Um can, can we stop using the word experiment to to describe players? Um I heard somebody refer to that you know that this weekend is the beginning of the Jordan Love experiment with the Packers. Jordan Love, this is gonna be his fourth year in the league. He was mm. backing up freaking Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Him starting is like, I mean, he's this has been, they've been teeing this up for, for three full seasons.
3: He's been okay? groomed,
0: right? Yeah, this is not an experiment. <laughs> okay. And, and just yeah. that whole. That whole description just rubs me the wrong way, so let's just stop using it.
3: Yeah, it's it's just laziness, um, like I've been talking about on some other things. People people get a hold of a catchphrase and they just and they just they just won't let it go. It's it's like right. um, you know I replied to uh, to a comment on Twitter today, it's, and it was with the uh, with the Bosa signing, you know, and they said it makes him the the highest-paid um, defensive lineman, defensive tackle, um, whatever, you know, or defensive end in, in history. <laughs> right. And I said the 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 in history always drives me crazy because I'm thinking, you know, yeah, you know, was there was there like there was some guy back in the 1940s who somehow managed to to convince the team to pay him 50 million dollars that season. You know, it's like, like oh, we better check way, way back because you know, <laughs> no, the, every contract now is the highest contract. Okay, when it comes out, there wasn't of anything course. back in the the 2000s or the 1980s that was higher. So the end history really doesn't need to be there. So it's
0: the right. same thing. Exactly. <laughs>
3: Anyways, um, so we end on a sour note, but uh, we are ready for week one. Go Browns. And this has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time.